I'm Sam Carter. And I'm Dean Lowry. This is Carter and Lowry. Let's get started. Alright, welcome back to Carter and Lowry, episode number 63, and I am back, obviously, with my main man, Sam Carter, and Sam, um, what I gotta ask you is, um, you know, before we get started with our NFL segment, um, my opening question is related to NFL. Um, which was your favorite game of the uh, divisional round weekend? Um, you know, they were all very good. I did not watch any of the Saturday games. Um, but the the uh, Tampa Bay Rams game was really good. But it has to be the overtime Chiefs-Bills game. Um, I think that is undoubtedly the game of... Obviously, that that round, um, but also probably the year, it was mm. very entertaining. Yeah, I got to also go with Sam. Uh, the last you know minute and a half was crazy. Uh, brought up questions about the format of overtime as a whole. Maybe we'll touch on that later. But first, let's dive into uh, what happened last last week with throughout all the games. And uh, I took the lead in the picks, uh, going six and four. Uh, same as at five and five, and uh, let's start off with the uh, first game. We had uh, the Bengals going into Tennessee and winning nineteen to sixteen on a game-winning field goal. Sam, does this win solidify Joe Burrow in your mind as a a quarterback that can get it done in big games uh, in the NFL playoffs? In your mind, um, I mean, I real I think we have to see what he can do against the Chiefs. Obviously, he's already beat them once. Um, But, I mean, I think two playoff wins don't make you a big game QB. Um, But I think that right now, it it looks good. It looks good. All right. And, uh, unfortunately for the Titans, um, another year um, of disappointment with Derrick Henry. Uh, obviously came back from the injury and tried to play in this one. I did not go uh, as expected as he only scored, you know, the 16 points. Uh, but moving on to more disappointment, the Green Bay Packers, with the home field advantage in the snow, lose to the, uh, excuse me, the San Francisco 49ers, 13-9, to 13-10. Uh, can't get my words together. Um, but the special team for the Packers was awful. Uh, they had a kick blocked. They had a punt blocked and picked up for a touchdown. And they only had 10 people on the field when attempting to block the game-winning field goal or what would become uh, the game-winning field goal. And uh, this could be the last game for Aaron Rodgers uh, as a member of the Green Bay Packers. And uh, Sandwich, who with your first impressions of this game? Um, as I said, I didn't watch it. Um, but it is disappointing because, I mean, not to me specifically, but just as like a football fan, because it is more entertaining when the Packers are in it. Um, but you know, I, I would say that I'm surprised, especially given the snowy home field advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. Well, uh, it was basketball to teams and, um, an inability of Aaron Rodgers to really get something together there in the second half. Um, it's tough to, way to see him go out, uh, considering all of the pushback he has gone through this season, despite how brilliantly he has played. Um, but it was just not meant to be. It's crazy to think that of how highly he's regarded 
he only has one Super Bowl appearance, um, and I guess he won that game. Um, but moving on uh, to the real good stuff, the Sunday games. And oh my goodness, I know if you were watching this, you were seeing the flashbacks of the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl, Super Bowl 51. I mean, it was over. It was over. And then it happened. It, it, the Rams fumbled in this game four times, and we still win. Um, and uh, Sam, just tell me uh, your initial reaction from this one. Um, I would agree with you about that Falcons Super Bowl. It was shades of that game. Um, <laughs> it was fun to watch, though, not really caring about who won. Obviously, not cheering for Tom Brady. Um, but it was, I mean, it's like, this is a game that you want to see, or these are the games that you want to see in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, very entertaining. And, uh, I gotta ask you, Sam, you know, Tom Brady considering retirement, he says he's going to have to talk to his family, have a long discussion. Um, should he, if you were in his shoes, uh, walk away from the game now? Um, I don't see why he would, um, because, I mean, he's still in really good shape. Um, you know, I don't know a ton about him, but, you know, I think, I think that he could go either way and it'd be fine. All right. Well, he would definitely be submitted as, uh, the greatest uh, football player ever. Um, but instead, Cooper Cup uh, had the last laugh uh, with the huge catch that propelled uh, the game-winning field goal um, to send the Rams to the NFC Championship in their place. And also the Super Bowl will be in their place so they can win that game. They'll have the home field advantage inside the Super Bowl. Uh, but now it is time to talk about the game of the year. And this one was a roller coaster ride if we've ever seen one. First, the Bills take the lead uh, with a minute 45 left. Most of the game's over. Then the Chiefs marching down the field in a couple plays. Boom. They take the lead right back. And then the Bills, on a fourth down, it's a, get um, you know a wide-open receiver in the end zone. Touchdown. 11 seconds. The game is over. The game is over. But the Bills' defense, which was made of paper, on two plays, allows a game-time field goal. Game goes to overtime. The Chiefs win the toss. And um, the Chiefs obviously score a touchdown because, you know, it's the Chiefs. And uh, before we talk about the overtime debate, Sam, uh, just tell me, uh, you know, tell me about this game. I mean, you said it was your game of the year, so just uh, tell us about it. Um, I mean, it was... I personally was cheering for the Bills just because I'm kind of tired of the Chiefs. Um, but, you know, I didn't really care that much. But I can see how heartbreaking it would be if you were a uh, a Bills fan. I mean, it's just, you know, just back and forth. And then finally it, it ends and you lose. But, mm. I mean... Nonetheless, exciting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like, you know, even everybody and their mom knows about this game. I mean, you yeah. know, it's just, it was really, it captured, I feel like this game recaptured the soul of America. 
And that's why I think last year the Super Bowl wasn't, you know, as widely viewed. I think this year's Super Bowl, it's in Los Angeles. And before oh my, we gotta we're having a whole segment next week after the championship games because Sam denies that he's a sneaker expert, but I know that he's a nineties music expert. And so is Sam true. is gonna be breaking down the lineup next week. I'm so excited for that. But now it's time for the debate. Sam, I'm gonna ask you the question. Should the NFL change its overtime rules to match that of the NCAA? Yes, a hundred percent. I don't think it necessarily has to match the NCAA, but it has to be some sort of more fair way to to do overtime. I mean, it is absolutely insane. No one in their right mind would would say that this works. I mean, it's like if you score a touchdown, you win the game. If you kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance. It's like why wouldn't you just either, you know, do like basketball does where you add another 10 minutes or something or you do where each team gets a a possession and you can either match what the first team did or you lose. You know? Mm. Why well, why wouldn't you just make it fair? Well, I ha- have to go the other way. Uh Sam Pushed a lot uh, there on the emotional heartstrings of our listeners, but I bring you the math. Um, in the current era of the overtime rules, um, which have lasted since the 2012 season, only 53 percent of the teams that have won the coin toss have ended up winning the game. I mean, it's definitely an advantage, but not that much. You got to get a stop. This is the National Football League. You ought to be able to – you didn't have to get a stop. you got to get a half stop. Just hold them to a field goal. And, you know, I think the team should be required – if you can't play defense and not stop a touchdown in one try, then you deserve to lose the game. Everybody is ignoring how blatantly terribly the Bills defense – the Bills defense cost them the game. The Bills, literally in 11 seconds, they let them go 70 yards. This is unbelievable, and I think that the, the overtime rules are here to stay, and uh, I think they should be that way. You're wrong, man. You're so wrong. Dude, why why not just make it so the Bills get a possession too? Because right? that makes it seem like football is just not about offense. It's not about offense. That is favoring, that is subjecting to the fact that offense controls the game and I don't know, um, but it's out of our hands. Um, and so I may ask you, Sam, what would you like to see if they were to change it? I would like to see each team gets one possession, four downs from the 25. And, you know, if, if the Chiefs kick a field goal that drive, and then the Bills score a touchdown on their possession, then the Bills win. If the Chiefs score a touchdown on their possession, and then the Bills go and score a touchdown, I think that they should go to a second overtime. Or in regular season games, they just tie. Uh, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, um, no. 
no, we're not doing that. That makes football just about offense. And no, that's college football no it makes it equally about defense. Oh, my because, goodness. Because, no, hold up, hold up. Because in when you do it that way, well, you, all you have to do is just get a stop. If you just stop the team and you kick a field goal from your 25, that's all you have to do. Yeah. But in the extended version, all you got to do is get a stop. But they're from the up opposing 25. It's ridiculous, man. And okay, then do it from the uh, the opposite 25. I don't know. I mean, I maybe, do know, Dean. I do know. Well, I think that that's all the time we have on this one. Because, honestly, this because is Because you know head. you lost. You know you're wrong. Incorrect. Okay. Well, you know what? When I look at the greatest overtime NFL games, they're defensive battles. Overtime is about grit on the defensive end of the football. And if you don't have that, then you deserve to lose. That's all I'm saying. I see what you're saying, but but why not make it fair? Get this college football fan out of here. This is the NFL segment. Dude, the NFL compared to college football, this is a really hot take. The NFL compared to college football sucks. Boom, I said it. Wow. Nothing you can do to convince me otherwise. <laughs> All right, Sam. Well, I've had enough of this, and uh, that's all the time we have on this segment of Corin Lowry. We'll be right back with some NBA. All right, welcome back to Corin Lowry. After that tumultuous NFL segment, we are back with some NBA, and me and Sam are you know, fans of the same team here. So hopefully another fight doesn't break out. Um, but the Hornets are improved now to 26-21, seventh in the East. Last week they beat the Celtics. On ESPN, great game. Uh, they also beat the Thunder at home easily and then lost the Hawks after going 0 for, 0 for uh, 19 uh, from 3 to start the game. Next week, uh, this is a late night game, so we already know, I mean, excuse me, a late night recording of this podcast. So we already know the Hornets lost the Raptors. They will also play the Pacers tomorrow, then the Lakers on Friday on ESPN, and the Clippers on Sunday. And now, Sam, I ask you. Who was your player of the week uh, for this past week? Um, you know, it was kind of a a down week comparatively to uh, the previous week. Um, but T-Row has to be the player of the week. Terry Rozier, he's the man. Um, that's all you have to say. Wow. And, uh, you know, Sam, I'm going to break away a little bit here. Um, All-star starters coming out in a couple days. It looks like the Hornets are going to get one of them. But I think they have a chance to get a reserve. Out of Miles Bridges, Lamella Ball, and Terry Rozier, who do you think has the best chance to be an All-star reserve this year? Um, I feel like the obvious answer is... um is Lamella Ball just because of his popularity. But I think the guy who deserves it most is Terry Rozier. I mean, he, I, I feel like we should document how many times each player has been the player of the week. Um, but, I mean, Terry has to be most, right? 
Yeah, probably. I think that he, not on this show, but on, you know, like ESPN, I think Terry Rozier is severely underrated. I think that he could be the best Hornet right now. Wow. Well, um, since you said that, I got to ask you another question. Do you think I don't? I don't want to go here. This is just me from an unbiased perspective. But do you think right now we have two, these three players, Miles Bridges and Lamelo, on the rise? Terry, an established veteran. Whose team is it? And if we don't know, could there be quarreling within the team over whose team uh, does it belong to? Um. I mean, I feel like LaMelo Ball is the star. And, you know, he gets all the limelight. Um, But I think it's Terry's team. I mean, I, I think Terry's my favorite player. So, I mean, this is super biased. Not super biased, but... um. I think I think it's Terry's team. All right, well, the veteran leader, um, that went a little sidetrack there. Um, but next week, Sam, uh, given the Raptors' loss, take that into consideration. Uh, what do you have as our goal for next week? Um, I think that it's going to be super hard to get the season sweep on the Pacers, but I think we're going to do it, and I think we'll beat the Clippers – so I think a reasonable goal would be two and two, but um, let's just have the goal be three and one. And mm, I like it. A loss to the Raptors. Yeah, a matchup. Um, you know, that's going to be very exciting. I have it on the Dean's list this week: Lakers versus Hornets. Mm. Um, you know, hopefully Miles Bridges dunks on LeBron James. That'd be my dream. That'd be insane. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully Mike Breen and Vince Carter come back again uh, to commentate that game. That's just going to be awesome. And I can't wait. Um, but in the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat have retaken the number one seed, followed by the Chicago Bulls. They have some interesting injuries. We'll update you on that in just a second. The Brooklyn Nets coming in a third. And then the Bucks coming in in fourth. Sam, why don't you take us to the West? So the Phoenix Suns are still in first out west at 37 and 9. Coming in second is the Warriors at 34 and 13. Then the Grizzlies still at third at 32 and 17. And then the Jazz in fourth at 30 and 18. All right, Sam. I heard this question asked of Richard Jefferson this week, and I want to ask it to you before we go into the Dean's list. Uh, who do you think in the NBA right now is the most well-rounded team? Um, I I think hmm, I think it's the Bulls, just because they have you know star players and really good role players, really good guards, and then Vucevic down low. I think that they are the most round, like, uh, most, balanced. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, now, I've thrown a lot of questions at Sam, but it's time for the Dean's List. Um, as I mentioned, Lakers are Hornets Friday. But another interesting game I really like is Knicks at Heat on Wednesday. 
Um, I think the Knicks were looking something to prove. The Heat kind of rebounding, Bam out of bow, getting back in the lineup. That'll be an interesting ma- matchup. That's ESPN Wednesday. And now it is time for me to tell you a story. Uh, if you're a child or you're an adult, kick back and reminisce over your uh, bedtime story days. Because let me tell you, it was Friday night. You know, I was, you know, obviously it's from a kid from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm, I am fascinated whenever snow falls and the snow is falling. It's a magical time. You know, the Hornets had just dominated the Thunder. And I'm watching the Bucks versus Bulls broadcast. And, you know, the bald eagle, the beloved Alex Caruso, drives for layup. And guess who goes up to contest him? The one man who has built up a reputation equal to that of maybe a Christian Leitner. um, And that is Grayson Allen. And he strikes again, breaking, uh, excuse me, fracturing Alex Caruso's wrist. He'll be out six to eight weeks on a flagrant foul, um, a vicious play. And Sam, um, did you expect this, or do you think that uh, Grayson Allen had quieted down after his Duke days? Um, you know, I thought that you know you you go pro and you kind of mature. Um, I guess that doesn't apply to Duke, you know, I hate Grayson Allen as a basketball player and as a person who enjoys basketball. Um, I'm sure he's not a complete butthole. I mean, like 80%. (laughs) Okay. Um, but. There's not a lot of redeeming qualities about Grayson Allen. You hear what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, he has been thrown into the role of the most hated player perhaps in the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, surpassing that of the likes of, you know, Joel Embiid and Russell Westbrook, um, you know. So he's definitely out there again. And I really hope that, oh my goodness, if the Hornets make the playoffs and they play the Bucks, and Grayson Allen gets booed in the hive, that would be just an awesome moment um, in my fanhood of UNC and the Hornets. Uh, but enough dreaming. Um, it's time for the Hornets to actually go win some games. Um, but that's going to do it for our NBA segment. Sam, any final thoughts? No. I'll be right back. To wrap it up with some college basketball. Welcome back. And I know this weekend you were probably watching the NFL game saying, oh, this is the game of the year, like Sam said. But college basketball is heating up in a major way. We had some incredible games last week, and let me take you through it. Um, number four, Purdue, goes down in Assembly Hall, 65-68. Classic game. Um, and an important Big Ten matchup, but not necessarily a classic, uh, Wisconsin uh, losing to Michigan State 86-74. And then my candidate right now for the game of the year in college basketball. Kansas thus far or in? Thus far. Okay. Um, Kansas beating Texas Tech 94-91. to Two game-tying shots in this game, each one by either team. I mean, double overtime. This was this was March Madness. 
in January. Um, mm. I think it's a shame that college basketball, it always happens like this. Sam was talking about it last year. They're so overshadowed by so many sports until finally in late February, it just perfectly, you know, blooms. Um, but, you know, greatness is happening. And tonight um, at 11 o'clock, later than we even are recording, uh, Arizona will take on number nine, UCLA. And then later on uh, in the week, uh, you got Kansas taking on Kentucky. Uh, but Sam, why don't you take us to the top dogs in the ACC right now? So in the ACC, the Florida State Seminoles have taken the first spot as of now from Miami. Both are at six and two. Miami coming in in second, then Duke at six and two as well in third, and then Notre Dame coming in at fourth at five and two. And uh, the North Carolina Orioles uh, had a week that made you want to go Bleh! and Bleh! because of the first two games of the week were complete blowouts, and it uh, it makes you want to cry a little bit as a Orioles fan. Um, the way we once were, it's tough to think about. Two years ago, we were a number one seed, and now we're on the bubble. Uh, but we have a chance to rectify that um, with great play against Virginia Tech. Showed us a little hope. And uh, next week, they'll take on Boston College and NC State. And uh, Sam, why don't you give us uh, the Tar Heel goal for next week, uh, both those games at home, by the way. Um, yeah, I think you do have to win them both. Um, especially since they're at home. State's going to be a tough one just because uh, of the rivalry. Um, but you definitely have to beat Boston College. Mm, okay. And... Uh, as like last year, um, the Charles only lost one game in the uh, Deany Smith Center, uh, but it's been home sweet dome this year off the Tar Heels uh, as they're ten and zero right now uh, in the Dean Dome, and uh, they got five of their next seven at home, and including a game against Duke. And Sam, how many of these home games the Tar Heels you think need to win? In order to secure their solidify their case uh, for the NCAA tournament, um, I mean, you got to win probably four of those seven, and so I'm I'm gonna say you want to win at least three of the home games. Mm, and, okay, you know. Well, I think that the AC term is a great chance uh, to really build up that resume, but you just never know. Um, last year, the Turtles were on a similar trajectory, but they ended up getting an eight seed. Um, so maybe maybe things could still happen. Um, but, you know, it just kind of feels like we're getting two different Turtle teams right now, and uh, just don't know which one's going to show up on a nightly basis, but still undefeated. Um, and I can't wait, hopefully, to have Will Damasek back. I'll just talk about that Duke game in a couple of weeks. Uh, but Sam, any final thoughts here? Nope. All right, that's going to do it for Carl Lowry, episode number 63. And we remind you to enjoy the madness and hear from us next Tuesday.